Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Going to talk about some important things tonight. But before we get into anything, just uh, saying, remember, DMs. DMs are always open. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just like uh, 7-Eleven, and if you're on the East Coast, just like Wawa. Oh, yeah, giving Wawa a shout-out. For those that aren't familiar, it's the East Coast version of 7-Eleven, though we have both. Uh, it's, it's uh, I think, Pennsylvania-driven, which is where I'm from, Philly boy, Philly and New York City. Uh, but those are the two cities that kind of raised me and influenced me. Um, but first I want to say, oh, sorry, DMs open all the time. Put your questions in there. Put your topics in there. You know, whatever you want to hear, whatever you want to have answered. DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. But I wonder, as always, well, not as always, but I'm starting to try to remind myself almost nightly to start by saying, how is your mental health? Check in with yourself. Is there anything you need? Maybe it's just about identifying the current state of your mental health and saying, okay, that's where I'm at. I'm a little depressed. I'm a little sad. Maybe you're grieving today. Maybe you have some anxiety. Maybe you're living in joy. Maybe you're happy. Okay, let that be a companion on your journey. We're not denying or illegitimizing how we're feeling. We're also not catastrophizing, dramatizing, or amplifying how we're feeling. And we're going to live from our ethics and our values. We might feel one way, but if your ethics and values say, however, I'm going to act a different way, go with the ethics and the values. Just like we might feel angry about something, but our value says, hey, I want to be more soft. The person I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with is someone I care about and I respect. So I'm going to lead more from that because our feelings do not have to and should not often determine our behavior. Let me say that one more time. Our behavior should not be determined by our feelings. That is called, as we've talked about on the show, mood-dependent behavior, and often that is not a healthy thing. We wanna feel what we're feeling and identify it, but we want to act and behave from another part of ourself, a more conscious, mindful self that says, hey, I wanna be relational, which means I honor the people that I'm in relationship with of all different kinds, and I act and speak in ways that allows them to be safe to stay in that quote-unquote relationship with me etc, etc, etc. So feel your feelings, check in with yourself. Also, maybe ask a few people that you care about, hey, how is your mental health doing? Just to get that conversation started to let them know that you're a safe resource for that. But part of mental health is being aware of our mental health, and then saying, I don't need to live from it or act from it, but I need to know that it's there and let it be there. Mental health is about letting our emotions be a companion on our journey, you know, making room for it, allowing it, got to allow whether we like it or not we allow it we're not battling our emotions they don't need to be battled because just like all cravings emotions are a wave and eventually if we ride it out and allow it it subsides 
But for those that are maybe experiencing the same ongoing emotion for uh, about two weeks or more, that might make it more of a clinical issue. And then maybe you definitely want to get into therapy. Uh, but otherwise, depression is a part of the human experience. So is anxiety. So is sadness. So is grief. And those don't have a, a true correct length of time. But anything going on for two weeks or more, you might want to consider some extra support. Um, so I just want to open the show by saying that and also giving you your daily reminder and also permission to prioritize. That's right. Center, prioritize and put before all else self-care, a.k.a. mental health, meaning focus on joy. Have you had any joy today? All right, let's carve out some regardless of what it is. Maybe you're going to just put on that song you love. Maybe it's going to you're going to come home and take a nap. Maybe you're going to eat that pint of Ben and Jerry's. Maybe you're going to stop off and get a little bag of candy, maybe a cup of coffee, whatever's going to put a little smile on your face. Joy is just about little bursts, little bursts of joy. That's all we, we deserve it. It has worth and value. Uh, we're also focusing on some some rest and uh, maybe building in some leisure. We still got time to uh, plan the weekend ahead and say, hey, how can I build all that in? So make sure your weekend is focused in rest, leisure and pleasure. We're not doing any work on the weekends unless we have to. And even then we're giving 70% max. Even during the week, we're giving 70% max to anything that's based in labor or work. Otherwise we are living in or headed quickly towards burnout. What we need, we need to have percentage of at least 30% left over for all the other more important things in our lives. Unfortunately, we do have to earn a living. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we could center our lives and what brings us joy and purpose and meaning, but that's not how our capitalist system works. So we're looking out for our mental health within the reality of the system we live in. Whether you all like what I'm saying or not, that's the reality of the economic and political structure we live in. And we have to find ways to get our mental health needs within that as we work on dismantling that, which we are beautiful. Um, and, uh, focus on that, prioritize that and remind others to do the same. But, uh, yeah, we got to check in on it more. And, uh, we will continue to because it's a mental health show. Um, we need more of that too. That's why I try to always close out the show by saying, be kind with yourself and be kind with others. Drop the, drop the bar for yourself and drop the bar for others. We all need a little more grace. You know, We're very quick to get irritated and angry and frustrated and to put down and to call out the negative, but we want to kind of round that out. We're all trying to soften. Yes, that's a key word. We're softening a little bit stepping out of the battles that we've been maybe waging um, and dropping the bar. But if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs and uh, we are Channel Q is where you want to go to check out past episodes. And we get back, we're going to talk about a difficult topic. Uh, how do you know if your relationship maybe just uh, can't be saved? Now, of course, there's always plasticity, mobility, shiftability, changeability, you know, but uh, these are some of the things we want to be thoughtful about. We'll talk more about it when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Y'all listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back. And, you know, I want to kind of frame the next topic. So we're going to talk about some of the signs that maybe a relationship is doomed. Uh, however, I want to always acknowledge that if all parties are interested in making some shift and change and some growth and some realization, oh, a lot can happen. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, so these things don't necessarily imply to everyone. These things don't necessarily mean that you are without a doubt headed towards divorce or breakup, but they are things that should shake you up and wake you up. And I think it's important for us to talk about that often, you know, because I want us to be tracking ourselves in our relationships and I want us to be aware, oh, I heard on Loveline that that's not a good thing. I better work on backing away from that, watering that down, resolving that, whatever it might be. Um, so we're going to kind of look at some of those. And this is born out of a lot of different research and a lot of different science. Um, so again, Looking at the stats, which don't necessarily or aren't necessarily universalizable, sixty-eight um, percent of couples that broke up or got divorced uh, said that there was a, a final straw. There was a singular event that kind of pushed them over the edge, or really woke them up to the idea that maybe this can't work. And um, that's sixty-eight percent of people. So there were defining moments. We're going to talk about what some of those were. And, um, another study kind of was looking at what are the main reasons as to why relationships break and studies will show a couple different factors. It really depends on the research you're looking at, but they always swim within the same three to five reasons, kind of really the top three in this study specifically. Um, it was saying that one of the top causes was cheating and another one was incompatibility. Now, both of those are actually quite vague terms. Uh, cheating is going to be defined by different couples in different ways. Some people have a very stringent expectation. Other people is quite broad and open. And that's couple by couple. And I, as I've said a thousand million, jillion, kabillion times on the show, every couple should sit down and defi define for themselves if you choose monogamy, because there's a wealth of options to choose, none of them better than others. But if you're going to go monog the monogamous route, you better define as a couple, what does that mean? What does it mean to not? What does it mean to be? Because you don't want to just assume we all have the same expectations and the same definitions because people don't. And no one's definition is more legitimate or more correct than someone else's. So if you haven't talked it out, then you're each living from your own definition, which means you're both correct. Again, no one's definition is more correct or legitimate than someone else's. You need to come together as a couple, as a throuple, as a group, whatever it is, and talk about what are we, how are we defining these terms? What does it mean? Few people do that. They assume everyone's on the same page. You might not be. And your definition isn't necessarily the right one. You have to talk it out and collectively decide what you're agreeing to. It's called informed consent. If you don't have the information, then you can't consent. And if you haven't consented, then you can't be held accountable to an expectation. 
and we make a lot of assumptions and expectations. Well, they should know we're monogamous by now, or they should know what that means. No, they shouldn't. It's called, that's called mind reading. Grow up. We talk things out. We have adult conversations. We get vulnerable and we define things hundred percent. If you can't even talk about what monogamy means, then I'm worried about y'all as a couple because you can't really talk about anything. These are things we have to be able to call, to talk about and process. So um, the other word that's a little funky is when they say a lot of people break up for incompatibility. What does that mean? On what level? What, what level of incompatibility are we talking about? Because they're all quite different and diverse. Um, so let's look at what the this uh, two studies I'm kind of collapsing. Um, what they, well, let me actually quickly share with you what some of the other reasons were. So top reasons for divorce, which really leaves out all the breakups. And those are just as important. Someone being married or divorced does not mean their relationship has more meaning, more trust, more love, or more legitimacy. And that's why I don't tend to use the words dating or married. I just tend to say partners because some people have more trust, care, love, and are not married and never will be. Or maybe have only been together for a few months where some couples that are married and been together for decades have less care, less love, less trust, and less health. Let's not make assumptions about a relationship based on the label or the structure that will fail you. You will fail at that. Um, so let's look at some of what else came out of this. So one study showed again that cheating was one of the top reasons. Another one was looking at incompatibility. And then the reasons that kind of fell under that were drinking and drug use, which is legitimate. If someone is problematically drinking or drugging, then you then they're not available for a relationship. And that's okay to acknowledge that and to say, hey, until you figure out and improve your relationship with drugs and alcohol, I can't be a part of this. That's very healthy, it's very reasonable, and that should be a deal breaker. Um, no one should be forced to be second in line to something. In primary, secure, attached relationships, your partner's your number one. Um, and you can choose any other configuration. Some people want relational anarchy where no relationship is more meaningful than others. Cool, but talk it out and make sure that's known. Uh, what else? Then growing apart, personality problems, and lack of communication. Yeah, those are all very reasonable because those are the cornerstones of a relationship. Good communication, personalities fit and click, and there's closeness and intimacy. So if instead we're growing apart, have personality problems, and barely bad communication, well, you don't really have much of a relationship, and then it should end. Um, what else did we see from this research? Okay. I mean, pretty much it's it's kind of just repetitive. Um, not getting enough attention with some reasons that were given. Spouse's personal habits. I'd love to break that one down. I don't know if that means spending money. Um, okay, so though, um, what were the signs that a relationship might have passed the point of uh, not returnable? And from a bunch of research, experiences, self-report, interviews, here are the top reasons um, that were given. And the number one reason that was a demonstration that this relationship might not be resolvable was communication issues. Um, and I appreciate that because what do we have left if we don't have the ability to sit down and communicate and connect with our partner? Uh, we don't have a relationship because that literally is the relationship. That's the purpose of relationships. We don't just need to be able to check a box on our tax form saying married or partnered. That's not what it's about. It's not about just having a warm body in proximity, although for some people that's enough, God bless. It's about actually having an interactive, and let me repeat that word, having an interactive and active, active and interactive system. We wanna have engagement. We wanna have dynamicism. We wanna have participation. We wanna have involvement. These are active, dynamic things. And if you're in a relationship with someone where we just cannot communicate anymore because someone's shut down, or we just are constantly triggering each other and have too much conflict, then what, what are you doing? Pose that question, sit with it. 
We're going to come back and talk more about that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're looking at some of the signs that the relationship or marriage, marriage is a relationship, dating is a relationship, all that, that it might not be fixable or salvable, salvable, salvageable, and it might have gone a little past the point of no return. And the first one, the main one, one of the most important ones is a lack of communication and inability to communicate. Why? Well, because we might have drifted too far. We might have built up too much resentment. We might not enjoy each other anymore. We might have really realized we're incompatible. Or every time we talk, it leads to fights, conflict, um, and irritation. Now, I was stating before the break that the whole point of a relationship is to have partnership, is to have intimacy, is to have uh, someone to bear witness to your life and go through it with you. We, we no longer have technically a relationship if we're not able to, tech, to uh, talk and connect. All you have is maybe a signed document saying you're married or another warm body bumping around nearby in the house. What is the point of that? So if this is where you're at and you're unwilling or can't fix it, the relationship should end. But I want us to first give it a shot. And I want us to notice before we get that far along that this is the path we're headed towards. Because if you can't communicate, then you don't have a relationship. So we want to be aware of ourselves. If your partner approaches you to have conversations, be open. If your partner calls out, we're drifting, be open. If your partner says, wow, we can't get through a conversation without fighting, be open. Care enough. We need two people in this relationship that care. We have to be able to get through conversations without without losing ourselves, without injuring each other, without harming the relationship. That's the, that's the key. So get into some couples therapy maybe. Get into some individual therapy maybe. Read a book together on healthy communication and boundaries. Doesn't matter, but acknowledge this is not good. If we are no longer feeling safe enough or willing enough and interested enough in connecting and talking, we have a core problem. Because if unaddressed, it gets worse, it gets deeper, and it spreads. And then it's an even bigger problem that might not be resolvable if resentment gets that deep. So start to acknowledge it when it's happening and start to work on it. Maybe you both need to soften. Maybe you, to realize, maybe you need to realize we're on the same team and it isn't a competition and never should be. And that we are working on cooperation and we are working on these general skills, which I've talked a lot about on the show, which is when you're talking to someone, it's not just about getting your point made. It's not just about making sure you're right. It's not just about getting it out. It's not just about whatever you think it's about. What it's really about first and foremost is you paying attention to the person you're talking to, which is why I say all the time, no important or triggering conversations should ever be had except when you're face to face. We don't have important or difficult or triggering conversations on the phone or over text or over email. Adults don't do that. We wait until we're face to face. We calm ourselves down and we wait until we can sit down together. If you're just do, shooting it off anyway in a text or you don't care and you're just going to bang it out on the phone because you need to address this now, you're operating at the emotional level of a child. Adults work on calming themselves down and honoring that the relationship and the continuation of the relationship and whatever harm I might cause, we have to, we have to prioritize the sustainability. You put your partner's feelings and the sustainability of the relationship before your impulse to just bang it out and get it done or your anger or frustration. And then when we're talking face-to-face, -face, the only way we do difficult or triggering conversations, we are watching the expression on our partner's face to make sure it's going well. 
because if we're talking to someone, any human being, and we should be staring at them to see how well it's going, if we start to notice they feel unsafe, they feel attacked, they're getting defensive, they're feeling bad, they're feeling insulted, then we're not doing a great job and we need to adjust our tone of voice, our word choice, our posture. Maybe this isn't a great time, but we are looking at our partner to determine how well this is going and that's the barometer. We don't just try to bang it out. We don't necessarily need to get it done right now. And we might say, hey, we gotta take a break. Or obviously I'm not approaching this in the way it's making you feel safe, let me calm down and then I'll continue my conversation or whatever it is, or check in with them. Hey, I'm noticing as I'm saying this to you, you don't look like you feel comfortable or safe. How can I help create that so we can continue this conversation? If you notice what I'm saying is the quality of the relationship and the other person's safety and comfort is what's prioritized, not the content of the fight and not getting it solved and not getting it just done. That is what healthy people do. That is what healthy communication looks like. It's always done relationally, which means done in a way that honors that you're in a relationship with me and I wanna keep it that way. So we're, tr we're checking and tracking ourselves. And again, the best way to do that is by looking at the expression of our partner. Because as I always say, we know, we're, we know we're, good, we're doing great as a driver by the comfort of our passenger. That is how we determine that. We don't make that self-determination. So your communication stinks if your partner isn't able to sit there and hear it because you're doing it in a way that's abusive, violent, aggressive, or unsafe. Then you aren't a good communicator. The success and value of communication is determined by whether or not the person on the receiving end can sit through the conversation and understands what we're saying. That is the number one thing. But a lot of people don't care about that. They see their partner as an adversary. They have no problem being abusive or aggressive. And they just think that what's important is getting the point across or being right or just getting it out. That is not the case in healthy adult relationships. Sit with that. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more. We're going to do some DMs real quick. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about what kills relationships and more importantly, how to be a better human being and a better partner. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm noticing that I'm really having less energy for a lot of things lately. Feels like leaving the house is hard. I've been ordering my food more and more, not responding to my friends, but I feel left out when I see them on social media. I don't really know if it's depression or anxiety. What is going on? Well, you know, again, a lot of people are talking about this. In fact, my patients in my practice are often feeling very alone in this fatigue or exhaustion. And what I'm talking to them about um, is the fact that we want to make room for whatever we're struggling with and going through. But at the same time, we want to operate from a different part of ourselves. Again, it's the mental health piece of letting your emotions exist. We're not denying them, but we're also not amplifying them. We're letting them be. They're a passenger. They're in the passenger seat. We're in the uh, driving seat. And we acknowledge our feelings, but we aren't guided by them because we don't want to act on our anger. We don't always want to act on our sadness or depression or jealousy. So again, we're not denying it, but we're also not amplifying it. We're not acting mood dependent. And that's a skill that we need to learn. People aren't even aware of that. They think that you know our moods hold us back. They are if we fuse with them. But we can actually be operating from a different part of ourselves, which is the part of ourselves that is goal-oriented. If you're in a great mood, go to the food store. If you're in a bad mood, still go to the grocery store. And that's kind of how we're trying to operate because 
when we slip into depression, we tend to do more what we call behavioral deactivation, which is leaning away from uh, participation out in the world, which makes us feel better. So I would say make plans and participate in the world even while still feeling bad. Please don't think that you have to feel better in order to re-engage the world. Continue to anyway. Um, that's the work for all of us. Don't let your mood dictate what happens. So set some social goals and still kind of get out there and participate. Um, we got another one. It says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Alyssa and I'm almost 35 years old. I feel like dating at this age is impossible. Oh, Alyssa, you've got a lifetime ahead of you. You might have many, many more long-term relationships. Not everyone, you know, the first couple long-term ones don't always become more permanent. You said either the people I meet are already divorced with kids, which, wait, why is that bad? I want to just pause right there. So we've all been in prior relationships, whether it was marriage or not, shouldn't be something that stigmatizes us. Some people have been married and divorced five times, which means they've been in five prior relationships. Just because they were married shouldn't change the way you see them. Had they been in five prior relationships where they didn't get married, would you be stigmatizing them? No. Why? Because they tried to take it to a next level and it didn't work out. Is there something then wrong with them? We've all been in multiple relationships. We don't want to problematize the fact that they were married. Um, and then you said, or they have crazy time consuming jobs. Yes. A lot of people in the 35 year old age bracket are forced, I'm sorry, are more focused on career and second phase of life things. What is my identity? What am I doing with my time? Am I living a life of purpose and meaning? But if you're important to them, they'll make time for you. Um, you have to though earn the right to that time. No one should initially necessarily make you a priority when they're first getting to know you. I think your expectations are too high. I think you're getting in your own way. You're unwilling to date people that have been in prior relationships. That's ridiculous. And you don't want to take the time to you know build yourself into someone's life. You should be dating multiple people at the same time. We date to decide who we have a relationship with. Dating isn't the relationship. And uh, over the course of a couple months, as you're dating multiple people, you decide if any of them are someone you should be in a more serious relationship with. So I think you're getting in your own way. But back to your question, you said, I guess my question is at what age is not, at what age is it not okay to keep dating? What? Keep dating for the rest of your life. Some people become divorced, re-enter the dating world, become widowed at 40, 50, 60, 70, and they get back into dating. There's never a time when it's too old to step into a new career, to step into dating, to shift the course of your life. I don't, wow. Yeah, keep listening to the show. You've really internalized a lot of problematic um, concepts and perspectives. There's no age at which you should give up on anything. In your 40s, you still want to have love. In your 50s, you still maybe want to have love. In your 60s and 70s, you still want to have love and maybe have an active sex life. That's a beautiful thing. Um, you never know what's ahead or, or who you're going to encounter. So yeah, you, you have a lot of ageism to undo. You're applying it to yourself by thinking 35, that there's some limit on your life. You're stigmatizing people that have been in prior relationships or married. Um, work on challenging that. Uh, you, you're getting in your own way and our work is about dismantling the obstacles that we throw in front of our own lives. All right, we'll be back. Uh, you got a DM for us. Drop the DMs in our DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, share. We'll be back, y'all. So uh, please stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about, well, a lot of things, but the main thing is we're talking about what are the main signs that the self-report and study show that your relationship 
ain't doing so well. And the last one we were talking about communication, your ability and the, the success and the health of your communication style, et cetera, et cetera, really determines a lot. So if y'all aren't able to have difficult conversations, start there, do some work around that. Uh, second point is um, basically you've gone into resentment and anger. You are only focused on what's wrong. You are only critical and you are only attacking. Um, so identify if that's you where you only focus on what your partner does wrong and you're unable to celebrate or be gratitude based for anything they've done. And, um, you're always angry and resentful and it's just moments before they upset you and they just bother you and they bug you and they annoy you. That's a sign it's time to end the relationship. Cause that's not what this is about. Your partner doesn't need to be treated like that. And you don't need to be in a relationship where you feel like that. So either clean it up, go do some work on yourself, work on the relationship or get out because the whole point of relationship is not, is not for two or more people to make each other miserable. That's not the point. And if your relationship isn't happy, clean it up or get out, do that for you, do that for them, do that for the kids. The kids don't want to be in an unhealthy, miserable marriage and uh, neither should either of you. Um, so what's the other side of that? Well, we should make requests, not criticisms. Instead of you never take out the trash, it's, hey, it would mean a lot if you could. Yeah, that's right. We have to frame things in a digestible way, a pro-relational way. Everything can't be expressed from anger and frustration. And if that's the state you live in around your partner, you need to learn how to calm down. You need to learn how to soften. You need to learn how to be a loving partner or the inverse. You are with someone who you are not capable of creating or having that with, and it's time to go. A lot of relationships and marriages should end because neither party is willing to be better, healthy work on themselves, or it's run its course. I like the idea of a relationship not being bound by a legal document. I like the idea of a relationship literally only held together by both parties wanting to be there. And if and when that changes, because either one of you are not being a good partner, they should be able to just walk away. They shouldn't have to just stick around because it's too expensive or too difficult to get out of a marriage contract or to move out. It should be based on, I'm here as long as you're a good partner. I'm here as long as this is worth being here for. I highly advocate for that. That would mean we always have to be a good human being. Good. We let ourselves off the hook sometimes because we're married, because we live together and other reasons. That's unfortunate. That is not mental health centered and that is not compassion centered. Um, but if you're quick to find fault and to pick fights, remind yourself, start celebrating your partner. Yeah, that's right. Celebrate your partner. Start calling out and complimenting your partner. And if you're not willing to do that, then you have some anger and resentment to work through. Why are you in a relationship with someone that you don't value, that you don't enjoy and you don't love? I want us to be in romantic relationships with people that when I say celebrate them, compliment them, you're like, of course. And if you're not thinking that, get to that thought, get yourself there. Because healthy relationships, we are complimenting and we're celebrating. In healthy relationships, we're making requests, we're not criticizing. That's the template. Get there. Get there. If you, if for every criticism, find five compliments. For everything you hate, find five things you love. And if you can't because those things don't exist or you're not willing to because you're too angry, get out of that relationship and go work on yourself. Because there's something wrong. We are not in relationships to be a punching bag. We are not in relationships to be made to feel bad or to be made to feel small. Don't be that partner. Don't be a bully to your partner. So again, we're making requests and we're celebrating and we're complimenting. All of us need more of that. Our self-esteem is literally tied to how we're treated by the important people around us. Period. Self-esteem is an outside job, y'all. It's how we're treated. We're shown our worth. We know that from interpersonal neurobiology. We know that from attachment theory. We know that from social sciences, social contagion theory, mirror neurons. 
limbic systems. They, they, they connect. We know all of this. And, and our health is determined by the people we're around and how they treat us and how they talk to us. And we all have a right. Everyone has a right to be around healthy people that make them healthier. So if you are not able to do that, check yourself, do the work or exit. Because sometimes people are like, I'm not willing to do that. I'm too angry. Great. Get out or start applying that for every criticism, vocalize uh, some act of gratitude for every put down instead in your head, instead celebrate with some compliment and more requests and less criticisms. We all need that. We need more compassion in the world, but especially from our primary partners. Um, another one, you always feel like you're walking on eggshells. That's a sign that the relationship might be ending. You don't feel safe anymore. You don't trust your partner to be loving and caring. You don't feel safe expressing something that might frustrate or disappoint your partner. We have to be able to do that. Healthy relationships are robust enough and resilient enough to tolerate that. And if you're with someone where you don't feel like you can ask for changes, where you can ask for a request in a different behavior, or you feel like they're hypersensitive and upset, you got a big issue. And if you're that person where you're very sensitive, very reactive, takes you forever to calm down, you need some therapy or you need to work on yourself. Because one of the cornerstones of mental health is that we're not hypersensitive to everything and we can let some things go, that when we are upset, we're not reactive, but instead we right-size our response and our response is appropriate for the level of what happened. And also, we can get ourselves back down to zero very quickly. We're going to talk more about this, so uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And talking about the different things, well, not the different things, we're talking about the main components that tend to be very threatening and detrimental to relationships. We're looking at the things that I want you to call out as you see them coming knowing, uh-oh, or realizing these are us now, we need to do some work. First thing we talk about is the ability to communicate <laughs> effectively. We are channelq.com is where you want to go to go back and listen to that. Um, also then, <laughs> we were talking just as importantly about the ability to celebrate and compliment your partner and how that's what a relationship should really be centered in not criticisms and put downs and verbal abuse, like name calling and gossiping and bullying. It should be full, tons of compliments and celebration. That's what it should be. There's no such thing as too much of that. Flood your partner in your relationship with love, with affection, with compliments, with gratitude, with celebration, and you'll get that back. If that's what you want, give that to your partner to get it back. Whatever kind of relationship you want, you want more romance in your relationship, be more, more romantic towards your partner, you'll get it back. You want more love, care, and softness, be more loving, caring, and soft to your partner, you'll get that back in a healthy relationship. But if you're in a relationship with someone who's abusive verbally or physically, it ended, get out, run. But this is for couples that at least have no abuse. And we should be celebrating, complimenting our partner and vice versa, period. Start creating that change now. Start normalizing that now. Start making that familiar now. If you're single or starting a relationship, build that in now. Flood them. Request that. Give them that. Make that what it's about. Don't be that couple that is always frustrated. Don't be that couple that goes for the criticism and put down first. Be the opposite. Don't make it normal for you guys to have that punchy banter, that sassy. That's mean. That goes too far. Don't do that. Your partner should not be your bully. If, if nowhere else in the world, our partner should be a safe haven for us to get nothing but love, care, love and care. 
Um, so if you're walking on eggshells, you got a problem because your partner is not safe enough. If you're walking on eggshells, that means you don't, your partner has struggles to be, to regulate themselves. If you're walking on eggshells, your partner is too sensitive and too reactive. And if this is you, where you're always upset about everything, always highly reactive, it doesn't matter what the partner's doing. That's your work. No matter what our partners do, we should be able to regulate ourselves. We can't blame them for dysregulating us. They can do things that we then choose to lose ourselves around, but a healthy person knows how to regulate themselves. They're not hypersensitive, they're not hyperreactive, and they're able to get themselves back down to zero quickly. We've talked about that on the show. I did a whole segment on self-regulation. You wanna to listen to it? Go to wearechannelq.com and you'll find Loveline there. And I'll circle back and do another segment on it because whenever I redo a topic, it's completely different, different examples, different entry point. But these are bare basics. And again, I know that we need a lot of repetition. We don't get this material anywhere else. So I will circle back and repeat it. But again, no one should be in a relationship where they don't feel safe. No one should be in a relationship where they can't bring up difficult topics. So if there's some things where you're like, oh man, I can never talk to my husband about that. Or, oh man, I can never talk to my girlfriend about that. That is a red flag and maybe even a deal breaker. Try to bring those topics up. That's your work. And if you realize that they can't manage it, might be time to go. And in the inverse as well, if you know that your partner is afraid to bring certain things up with you, you need to grow up and you need to soften and you need to be able to be a little more resilient and toughen up and be able to hear those things. You don't want your partner to feel like they can't bring things up because you won't do your personal work of regulating yourself. We have to be able to be frustrated and disappointed and let down by our partners and still be loving and kind and accessible. That is the bare minimum. That is bare minimum. Just like the bare minimum is that we should be complimenting and celebrating our partners and get the same back and not be getting put downs and verbal abuse. Think about that. Because that's, that dovetails into the next one that came up, that these are signs a relationship might be ending, is when um, pretty much everything about your partner irritates you. And they call that resentment, they call that contempt. And in a lot of couples' literature, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a no-go. They're saying the relationship's DOA, dead on arrival. Uh, because when we have contempt and that deep-rooted anger for our partner, that's exhibited, that is exhibited and most shown when we're unable to even remember or connect to what it is we love or like about them. So if you can't even think of something positive or that you value or like about your partner, it's time to get out of that relationship or please run to the nearest couple's therapist because that will not get better with time and that will not get better on its own. That requires work and attention. And if you think your partner feels that way about you, you need to bring it up to them and start talking about that. Try to request some couples work or you might need to go because you know that they're going to be trapped in that. And that does not resolve on its own. That does not just go away with time. That actually gets worse. And it leads to some other bad behaviors, such as we stop communicating as a result of that. We stop connecting and touching as a result of that. Then we just stop relating as a result of that. And now we're not even talking anymore. And that goes back to the first issue we talked about on tonight's show, which is we can't even communicate about anything. We don't even enjoy each other anymore. So if you don't even like each other anymore, the relationship's pretty much gone. And if you wanna salvage it, get into some couples or individual therapy immediately. Because like I said 5,000 times already, it doesn't get better on its own and that doesn't just improve with time. It takes attention and work and you have to know what that work is. So if this is you or this is your relationship or your friend's relationship, lovingly make that known and address that. 
we can, we can, we can, we can, if we get it close, if we catch it soon enough, try to resolve that in couples therapy, but not always. I've worked with some couples where there's too much anger, too much resentment, too much contempt. They're dug their heels into it. And I'm like, I can't help y'all. I can't. Y'all aren't even in this anymore. Neither one of you care. I can't be the only one caring and holding this together. So sometimes it goes too far. Yeah, total crash and burn. So that's why I'm bringing this up so we don't even get there. And if you're there, address it immediately. All right, we're going to be uh, come back, talk more about this, but then we'll be, after that, closing out the show with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, a question you want to answer, drop in the DMs on our Loveline and G page. You can also put in there some topics you want us to hit, something you want us to hit again, drop deeper into. Put it all in there. Always anonymous, always confidential, getting your needs met as other people are as well, because someone else might be thinking the same thing. And past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Stick around, though. We'll more to come. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're just closing out our discussion of some of the signs that your relationship needs help immediately. Run to the next, to the nearest couple's therapy. Run to some individual therapy. These are bad signs. They're also warnings. Don't get to this place. We're talking about the ability to not even communicate anymore. DOA, relationship is done if we can't even talk, if we can't even trust each other to be loving and regulated enough to talk. Then we're talking about the fact that all you do is criticize. You can't even imagine complimenting. And yet relationships should be full of celebrating and complimenting. Oof. Um, other ones, you feel like you're walking on eggshells because you don't trust that your partner won't deal with their sensitivity and reactivity. That's horrifying. That means you're going to start leaning away, shutting down, drifting. Oh, yeah. Don't be either one of those people in that scenario. And if that's you, work on it or get into some treatment. Also, if you can't even think of anything positive you'd want to say about your partner. Um, another bad sign, and this is a form of abuse, is when you start getting verbally abusive. And that goes hand in hand with people that are feeling, you know, like we said, resentful, anger, a lot of contempt. Um, and uh, words do matter. And the problem is verbal abuse has been normalized in people's families, um, even by people we love, where your brother might think it's cute or funny to put you down. Maybe you have friends where you guys think it's funny to like put each other down. Maybe you have a partner where you think it's cool or funny to put each other down. Stop that immediately. That's verbally abusive and it does hurt and we do feel bad and we don't want to normalize that. And sometimes it goes too far. There's nothing cool about that. There's nothing healthy about that. There's nothing loving about that. Shut that stuff down. Some relationships though, it is actually driven by anger and they are trying to harm that's a deal breaker. That's not like a red flag. And a red flag is something we keep an eye on, we track. Deal breakers are, yo, I'm out. Verbal abuse, name calling, being put down, belittled, gossip, that's a deal breaker. You say to your partner, that is not okay. And if that happens again, I leave immediately. It's over immediately. That's abuse. That is a form of violence. But unfortunately, people don't see it as the same as physical violence, but it is. And it creeps in. And it gets a pass at times. And for some people, like I said, it's very normal. No, that is traumatic, that is re-traumatizing, and that is harmful. And we do encode that stuff. It's literally our brain's job to hold on to negativity. That will, that will stick around longer than the positive things and the compliments. Powerfully. Discourage that, stop doing that, and set a boundary with others if they're doing that. It's never okay to be made fun of, to be put down, to be name-called. Shut it down. I, Dr. Chris, don't allow that from anyone 
anyone. I wouldn't allow it from anyone, not even someone who thinks they're in a position of power. No one has a position of power over me. I make all my own decisions in every domain of my life. But if there was anyone who thought they were, and sometimes like our partners think that they're in a position of power. Sometimes parents think they're in a position of power over kids. That's one of the most egregious uses of it. Or a teacher with a student, that's another egregious use of that. Or a boss with an employee, another misuse of power and egregious use. No, that's abuse and that's violence. And it's never okay from anyone. And I want us to start saying that. Same thing with physicality. It's not gendered. When I see a woman hit a man on a television show and everyone laughs, I'm like, that's physical abuse and violence. That is not okay ever. It's not gendered. These things we have to stop making acceptable and normal. But I see it all the time and people laugh it off, blow it off, say to toughen up. No, call it out and shut it down. Um, here's another one. There's not, it's not a good sign if you turn away from your partner for your needs to get met. Ideally, in a primary committed relationship, our primary partner is our first source of soothing and comfort. But if you don't feel like you can, you don't feel like they're available, you don't feel like they're willing, that is a problem. Or if you just stop going to them with that, going to them with that, that's a problem. So we want to, you know, within the committed relationships, that's, that's where we should feel most able to be vulnerable and to express our deeper selves. So if whenever you're upset, when if, whenever you're let down, whenever you're stressed, whenever you're scared, if you don't go to your partner, feel like you can, that's a red flag. Track that. Ask yourself why, whose work is that? Is that your work or is that their work? Is it how they're showing up to that? Or is that about your, your, your denial of building that intimacy? Look into that. That is not a good thing. That means we're starting to withdraw you know, and we're opening up that window to maybe build a problematic relationship with someone else through that kind of connection. Put that in check. Um, another one is, uh, there's no, there's no physical contact anymore. The death of sex, the death of affection, the death of touch. That's huge because those are the building blocks for closeness and intimacy, eye contact, time together, shared experience, touch and if we're no longer willing to do that or feeling safe doing that that is a huge problem again run to couples therapy run to some individual therapy call that out immediately with your partner work on that address that those are massive red flags we want to be leaning and turning towards our partners we want to be softening we want to be flooding them with love and care if nowhere else in the world that our relationship should be the one place where we're flooded with validation and attention and love and care and compliments and safety and hand-holding and affection and sexuality and touch and if you can't or won't give all those things address that that is not a good sign work on that take these things seriously don't let them start and if you have them already Try to water them down and eliminate them. And if you're single, put this all in your back pocket if you're going to be in a relationship and, and, and be aware of all that. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us or a topic, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one's a long one. Dear Dr. Chris, my girlfriend and I have been together for almost three years. The first years were incredible because we promised to date and learn each other before we made it official. I say that all the time. Date. Do not relationship. Date for a while to determine whether or not you both are compatible to have a relationship. Too often, we anxiously want commitment, exclusivity, monogamy. We anxiously want to define. We want to own. We don't want to find anything threatening. You don't even know that person, and that leads to so many problems. Take your time. Get to know the person. Hit different milestones. Know what it's like to be with them during the week, on the weekends, during a holiday, when some bad things happen, when good things happen. Sleepovers, having sex, to understand what we're like as sexual partners. Take your time, especially if you're going for monogamy (laughs) because there's a lot of expectations that then get placed on that person, especially when they're your sole outlet sexually. Take your time. Bam, back to your question. We made it official recently. All right. But that was also the last time we had sex. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I saved up money to get us bikes. We've both been working out so as to have the kind of bodies that make us feel sexy and attractive. I never thought she looked bad. And I tell her all the time how beautiful she is. I'm not going anywhere. But she looks in the mirror and feels bad about herself. And that has led to us having no sex. And it's been months. I know there's no time limit to being healthy again, but I'm at a point where I'm starting to feel bad. When do I start putting my needs first? I would never cheat, but I want to feel loved and I just don't right now. That is something that has to be reflected back to them. 
I'm glad you have empathy for what this person's going through. We've created a culture, which I'm always actively trying to change. And a lot of y'all make it really hard <laughs> where all body shape sizes and genders, gender expressions, et cetera, et cetera, are seen as valid and beautiful and desirable. Our culture doesn't see it that way. People talk, you know, I mean, we've done so many show topics on this, so I'm not going to kind of get into that. If you want to get back into that though, you can go to wearechannelq.com. Episodes are there. Um, but basically everyone wants to feel loved, cared for it and desired. And I appreciate that even their partner struggling with their body, their lack of desire for you is making you question your own attractiveness, but more importantly, you miss sex. It's important for us to be able to have sex at every body shape size that we have every ability and disability because we never know what's coming down the road. It is not realistic to think that we're only going to be able to have sex at the body we think we need to have. And you're beautifully explaining how a lot of times the pressure we put on ourselves is not the pressure our partner puts on us. And you're putting no pressure on this person. You're saying, I love you however you are. Continue to say that. Continue to express how much you miss sexuality. Maybe it's something you slowly ease back into. Um, but this might seem like something that would require a little bit of individual therapy if it's been months and this and your partner's not feeling comfortable in their body. And I hate when that's my answer because it feels like a cop out to me, but there's nothing you can do to make someone feel better. There's work that they have to do because I don't know what world they're living in or what they're surrounded by or what the fantasy they have and why they believe they have to look a certain way. That's individual work they need to do. So I would support them in getting into some therapy and say something like, it looks like you're continuing to have an issue with this. That makes me really sad. Would it help you if you had some support and help them find therapy? Therapy. For you, though, I would continue to try to initiate sexuality with them and see what they are interested and comfortable participating in. Maybe it isn't about sex being done to them. Maybe they're open as your partner who loves you to just performing sex on you. You can say to them, I'd still love to receive oral from you. I'd still love to receive manual sex from you. I wonder if we can do things that maybe involve keeping our clothes on or, you know, what would you feel more comfortable doing? Are there positions or with the lights off? There are still ways to be sexual that don't involve lights on, seeing ourselves, our partner seeing our body full fully unclothed. Sex is not just about nudity and penetration. So talk about with your partner, what would you feel comfortable doing? And if you're not comfortable at all, you say to your partner, I would love to still receive sex from you. Your mouth works, your hands work, and other parts of your bodies work. They're sex toys. So sex shouldn't have to stop. And that's the beauty of sex. There's so many ways to do it. It's such a vast topic and concept that it shouldn't have to stop because of ability, disability, pain, exhaustion. For some it might, but in general, there's so many great ways to do it. So talk about that. Um, but be on the journey with them. This is also where you show uh, commitment and trust, you know, based on how you deal with these difficult times because all couples are going to have ebbs and flows in their sex lives. We can't always wait for everything to be perfect and ideal. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got some DMs for us, just drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back tomorrow, so join us then. We are channelq.com is where you can go to check out past episodes. Y'all be kind to yourselves, kind to those around you. As always, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 